Welcome to Walking in Faith with Bishop Daly. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane here in Eastern Washington State. And we're fortunate to have today on our radio program, uh, Father Dan Barnett. Uh, Father Barnett is the rector of Bishop White Seminary. He is a priest of the Diocese of Spokane. Uh, welcome, Father Barnett. And uh, tell us a little about uh, your vocation story, a uh, year you were ordained, um, and uh, how long you've been at the seminary, maybe where you did ministry. <laughs> I was, uh, thank you, Bishop, for welcoming me. I'm a priest of the diocese, as you said. I was ordained in the year 2000, so I'm coming up on 21 years ordained. Uh, my f- uh, first assignment was down in Pasco as a parochial vicar for two years in a large parish at St. Patrick's, the largest parish, I think, north of L.A. And then um, after that, I was sent up here to Spokane. I was pastor of two parishes, St. Francis Xavier and St. Patrick's in Hilliard. And then I was sent back to uh, Pasco, St. Pat's, for, as a pastor for six years. And then f- for I was assigned up in the, we call the Northern Kingdom, up in uh, Stevens and Ferry County in Colville, Kettle Falls, Northport, Republican, Curlew, a five-parish cluster. Um, and I was there for two years. And then when you uh, were assigned here to the diocese, uh, you asked me to come down and serve in a couple of roles, uh, vocation director and then uh, and also rector of the seminary, uh, Bishop White Seminary. So... And uh, just a little background for our listening audience. Um, when uh, I was assigned to be the Bishop of Spokane, um, Father McNeese uh, was the rector, and Father McNeese was getting ready to, to retire. He's actually uh, never retired officially. He's the pastor of St. Joseph's in Rockford. Uh, but he stepped away, and uh, I pulled the priests. I asked the priest to uh, give me the names of, of priests you might consider uh, having the gifts, the talents to be the rector. And I did that while I was still in the Diocese of San Jose as auxiliary. And Father Burnett was clearly uh, the top candidate. And uh, I asked him to take on that, that responsibility. When I came to the diocese, uh, there were uh, just a few men, mostly Seattle. And over a period of time uh, from that first five that we had in the summer of 15, uh, we now have 23 men from eight dioceses, and that's a tribute to um, Father Barnett's leadership. Um, how have you found uh, being the rector now in your uh, sixth year? Six, As, yes, yeah. I'm closing out my sixth year. Uh, you know, it's certainly different than parish ministry. The parishes uh, in a parish, a pastor becomes close to his people, but there are more of them. Huh? And mm-hmm. so you can't, you, obviously one gets closer to some people than others and um, knows some people better. But in a seminary, it's much smaller, but you go very deep. And, and with the seminarians, they're coming, and especially at this beginning stage of, of formation, they're a kind of a mystery to themselves oftentimes and a mystery to the church. And that's the role is to help them to know themselves better, accept themselves, and so that they can give themselves to the church. And, and that means we go deep. And so it's, um, it's very different in that sense. Um, in another sense, it's very much the same because it's a... It's a very small parish, if you will. <laughs> I think um, Father brings up a very good point. Uh, we're, we're fortunate in, in our program here at Bishop White, uh, which the, the majority of the, the young men there go to uh, Gonzaga University for a degree in philosophy. Some of the students um, are at the community college, and then eventually they go to, uh, to the university, to Gonzaga. But uh, our own seminarians for our diocese, other 23 men, Johnny Patnos and Kiernan Anderson, um, are there. And... Um, Again, as Father said, uh, they're you know discovering who they are as as disciples of Christ, uh, 
Is God, in fact, calling me to, to priesthood in these early years? And uh, maybe uh, we talk about these four pillars of priestly formation. For our listening audience who might not understand what that is, can you give just a, a brief overview of what a college seminary program uh, entails and what those four pillars may be? Sure. And, and I think I'll do this as well, I think, because there's, in light of some new uh, mm-hmm. uh, guidelines coming out of Rome and uh, with USCCB. So one of the things that the vocabulary is changing a little bit, it's been known as the four pillars, but it'll become the four dimensions. And maybe that's a little easier way for people to understand it. Their four dimensions are human, spiritual, intellectual, and pastoral. And those four dimensions are, are as the, the councils or the documents say, they're interrelated aspects of a human personality, a human response to God's grace. And so it's not sequential. They're, they come together in various ways. So it's much like a child. So if, if anybody has had a child, they get the baby, here you go, congratulations, ma'am, and you go home. And the first thing they need is warmth, uh, smiles and cooing and food and then cleaning. And then you repeat the above. But then over a while, over time, they, they get to see mom and dad talking to someone they can't see. And uh, so then they, they understand that there's something more and they say their prayers. Um, but then they'll learn how to tie their shoes and do their dishes and or take up pick up their toys. And then eventually they're going to have to mow the lawn and maybe when they get their driver's license, pick up their sister from ballet and whatnot. And then and that's all good. And they're, they're growing and their intellect is helping them to deepen their life of prayer. They'll become confirmed and, and get their first communion, et cetera. Um, all of this thing is so that when they, they become a senior in high school, for example, they're hopefully physically fit and that they're smart and they know how to pray. But that's not enough because they have to be good. They don't have to just be healthy or pious or smart, but good. They want to be able to give themselves. And that's what parents do. So those are the four dimensions of formation, human, spiritual, intellectual, and pastoral. And they, inter- they inform one another into a, a normal, well-balanced, rounded, well-rounded human being. For the, the young man who uh, studies at, uh, at Bishop White, again, as uh, Father Barnett's speaking about these dimensions, um, one of the things that I think it's clear that we strive for in, in our diocese, and I know the program there, and again, Father Barnett uh, is the rector the vice rector is Father Pat Barraza. Father Barraza is a professor at the university. He is also uh, the pastor of St. Anne's Parish. And then Father John Murphy uh, is a Jesuit originally from California. Uh, Father Murphy is in residence and has a, a vast uh, experience with um, spirituality and helping guide mm-hmm. the men. Great. The, the human dimension, I think sometimes that might be uh, confusing to our listening audience. By human, my experience as the bishop is I want uh, the priest who, we, who I assign to a parish that people can relate to him. Now, not every uh, priest has a skill set uh, that um, makes them the great organizer or the great leader. But in fact, many priests are probably shy. But a human, the human formation is they can relate to people. Uh, Pope John, St. John Paul used to talk about being the bridge to people. And I think that's certainly... Uh, something as the bishop I'm looking for. Again, Father talked about the spiritual formation, maybe a little talk about how that's accomplished. Um, The intellectual, of course, we need bright men uh, who are humble, and that will lead to wisdom, and I'm looking for for wise priests. Uh, But maybe some, how, tell us about the spiritual program. How does, how does um, uh, a young man, a college age, uh, we all know of college students, what's going on on campuses, 
How does a young man listen to whether or not God is calling them? How, how would you tell parents, for example, who are asking you about this? First of all, I, would, I think the word normal keeps coming up mm-hmm. in my head. You know, that's what we're looking for is a normal person. And how does a normal human man, young man, answer God's call? Well, first he has to, he has to listen. So the, the struggles of the human and the spiritual, it's very much related. So one of the struggles of, of our day is the, the prevalence of the screens. You know, there's phones and the tablets and now Zoom and, and their life is lived and, and that leads to isolation. So how does a man or a woman do that? Well, first, they have to be able to relate to people. So to put the phones away, to look somebody in the eye, talk with them, listen to them and talk and, you know, have a meal with them and learn how to communicate in that sense in a normal way um, at an age appropriate level, which is sports is another way. Healthy interaction with other young men um, and, and young women in classrooms, participating, all of those normal things. Um, and they, they form the basis. So there's another element, which is basically you've got to have some time in the chapel. You know, so the silence is an important part. The silence of getting away for at least a portion of the day. And one of the things that I always tell young guys is, look, give five minutes. Just start with something, five minutes a day, and let the Lord just speak to you. Don't bring your phone in and talk to him. Pick up the scriptures. That's where the Lord is speaking to us in the scriptures. Talk to someone, such as a priest or a trusted advisor. But Father Murphy has been great because he's our director of spiritual formation, and it, he helps to get the men into those those places, but then it can be kind of, it's rather scary because it's like, you know, Frodo and Sam going off into Mordor, and, and it's like, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm a little scared, and so they need, they need someone who can help them and just explain what's going on inside. What are they feeling? And is this from God or is this from themselves or is this from the enemy? And those, those are the, the voices that you, you know, the masters talk about uh, discerning, the, the filtering out. Is this from God or is this from myself? Is this just my wacky ideas? And God will work through those normal um, desire, like zealous, I want to go off and do something holy. And most young men, I think, really do. They want to give themselves to something. Like Cardinal um, O'Brien used to say, young men will give themselves to a mystery. They won't give themselves to a question mark. And It's very true. Yes. And so they, they want a challenge. And they also want to know that they're loved. And that's perhaps one of the biggest difficulties is to have that fundamental reality that with all my weaknesses, with all my, my you know, life to this date, God loves me as a beloved son or as a beloved daughter. That, when that really hits us, that becomes kind of pivotal for a man's uh, conversion and then his response. And it becomes something that they're saying yes to, they're receiving, rather than uh, trying to check a box. Yeah, the, as the bishop, uh, you know, you want, my, my hope is that each uh, priest has a desire to to really save souls. And um, when we think about it, the salvation of souls is why Christ founded uh, his church. As I sometimes, when I was a vocation director uh, in the Archdiocese of San Francisco and and the year I served as the rector at St. Patrick's Seminary, uh, it was telling the the men that um, Christ calls you to priesthood. 
uh, so that you can help tend his flock. He doesn't call you to a priesthood that becomes a clubhouse of shepherds who occasionally go out and wave at the flock. And that requires sacrifice. And sacrifice, of course, requires a love of God and then the people. The thing I often stress is we don't have to like one another, but we have to love one another, which is to want what was best for someone. And what is best ultimately? The salvation of souls. We're going to take a break. And when we could come back, I'm going to talk to Father Barnett about uh, some of the new developments that are coming out of Rome and how they will affect an expansion of our seminary program. Thank you. Director of Bishop White Seminary. Also, I forgot that Father Barnett has generously assisted the uh, faithful people of Chico and Oaksdale as their weekend pastor with a couple of masses there on the Sunday. But his primary focus um, is the rector. That, that occupies the vast majority of time, and I'm very grateful for Father Barnett's uh, leadership and his also his relationship with the bishops of the West. We have a new, um, more or less, it's not exactly uh, full of the specifics that we might like, but um, some changes that are coming that came to us or are coming to us from Rome. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and then also how we are expanding the program at Bishop White uh, and uh, what that entails? Sure. Let me. This is going to be equivalent to like landing the plane from 30,000 feet. So give me a, a moment. We'll mm -hmm. take a quick dive into this. Um, after the Second Vatican Council, they the, uh, the Vatican proposed think of it as a, as a universal norm, a universal curriculum for priestly formation. That was in 1970. And then each country had to develop, localize the curriculum. And in this country, we call it the program of priestly formation. And so that fundamental document stayed in place. And then right now we're in our fifth edition of the program of priestly formation, localizing it. Well, then in 2016, the Pope wrote a new foundational document and it's um, called the gift of the priestly vocation. And in so doing, he, he changed the, the, the phases, uh, the preparation phases for priestly ordination in order to, to re adapt more to the, the, to the new things that, are, that we're all facing. And, and so what now we're in the process, the Bishop's Conference is preparing the sixth edition of the PPF, Program of Priestly Formation, to make those changes um, locked into the country. And that's what's being, uh, we're awaiting for the, what are those specific parameters that are going to be needed. I'll give you a, a quick little, the, the four dimensions are still there, human, spiritual, intellectual, and pastoral. But they're, they're going to be taking a uh, note of the fact that, you know, in the, in the last 50 years, a lot has changed. And one of the things in the last 20 years, especially, is the internet. And our society and our culture has shifted so much foundationally so that we're, you know, in law that we have to question what biology means and what marriage is and redefining all of these things, which um, in an earlier era, you could take them as, as givens. So, and this has affected young people and you, and parishioners see this all the time, you know, priests and their own children. They're, they're, they're hard. It's harder to, to be a, a faithful Catholic in many ways because the foundation is missing. So what the, Holy Father's asked for is a new phase. It's called the propedeutic phase. Um, don't try to spell this at home. <laughs> Most of the people, it's, it's one of the things that I would change if I were in charge of things is get maybe a, something with two or three syllables. And anyway, um, it just simply means introductory. Um, 
So introductory phase, right now as it stands, a man preparing for priesthood goes and studies philosophy, and then after four years of philosophy studies, he goes on to study theology for four years. And then he would be um, ordained, and then he'd spend his time in the priesthood. So they're, they're parsing that out and spreading that out a little bit. And so the first phase is going to be this propodeutic introductory phase, and it's meant to be a, a introduction to especially relationships, and so a community relationship to establish the formation within a relational structure, and that is within a, within a, um, a community. And it's supposed to, it recognizes the fact that formation happens in communion, and it's not in isolation. And that's precisely one of those major dangers of current life. I think that Father <clears throat> brings up a point. I would often speak uh, when I was uh, the rector that year of the formation via the internet, yeah. where um, a man may be in a seminary, but uh, he then goes to a blog site and then he reads uh, someone who is a self-proclaimed expert. Um, the, the emphasis on a community, I mean, seminarians living together, praying together, sports, um, meals together, um, is so important because the community of faith at a time when so many people, we've seen this because of COVID, the isolation factor has taken a great emotional toll on people that we haven't even yet uh, grasped the, the depth of, of the negative effect it has. And as we've tried to bring people together for mass and the sacraments, um, we're fortunate here in Eastern Washington. But that aspect of what uh, Father's speaking about, can we do that? Um, uh, we're going to have to expand the program. And yes, you've exactly. taken the lead so, on that. Tell so us right, a little bit about that. So th we started the year this year with 26 men from nine dioceses from mm -hmm. Fairbanks down to Orange County. And that's, we've doubled up all the rooms except for the ones that are reserved for COVID. This is going, this new phase is going to require um, a new, a separate place uh, where men can live in communion, where they can be somewhat connected to the seminary, but not within it right now, focused on spiritualities, focused on helping them uh, develop solid relationships and, and expressions of pastoral charity. So working on the streets, et cetera. Um, a couple months ago, we knew this was coming and everybody's looking around in the, in the dioceses in the West and saying, well, they're looking to the seminaries, Mount Angel and, and us and St. Pat's and Menlo Park to help them provide for the, this, this new program. But it's, we've got a couple years before it becomes mandated, but we know it's coming. So the, uh, a convent that is just a block away came on the market as the old Holy Names Convent. Uh, St. Al's Grade School. Yeah, St. Al's Grade School. Nuns used to, to live there. And uh, then now it's the modern day. Well, we were able to purchase it, long story short. So on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary and the anniversary of the dedication of the cathedral, we signed the papers for this, which is an expansion. It's going to be called McGivney Hall and named after Blessed Michael McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus. And um, it's going to be, it's a block away. It'll house probably 15 men or so with a chapel. Um, it's, it's simple um, without being rustic. Uh, we don't want to, you know, it's not going to need um, complete rebuild, but there is going to be some remodeling. And this will give us an opportunity also to uh, develop the program in communion with the other vocation directors around the, the West. And Bishop White, the seminary building we have now, uh, through you, the people of God's generosity, the leadership of Bishop Skillstead, Father Connell was the rector at the time. Uh, it was a great uh, 
endeavor of trust during the time of bankruptcy and the economy tanking in the, in, in the United States. This building here, and, and Father Barnett is, is uh, too gracious of a man, uh, it, we will need your support, your financial support to help uh, purchase and renovate the Gibney Hall. Uh, and I would pray that the people of God here in Eastern Washington, and well as those dioceses that send men on the West, will see um, the responsibility we have. The phrase I use, that we will pray that God will send us shepherds after his son's own heart. And we form shepherds, the priests of tomorrow, in the formation programs of today. So McGivney Hall will need renovation, and um, your generosity both in prayer and in your financial resources would be greatly appreciated. When it is remodeled, um, when, do, when do you anticipate um, uh, us being able to start sending men there? Well, we don't know for, for certain because the, the, the current tenants are in there until the um, end of May, and then we'll be able to begin the renovations. And the program, uh, we hope that the building will be able to be used next, next school year, perhaps in the middle of the school year, mm -hmm. and then the program will start in, in earnest, probably the fall of 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A, a phrase that, that Benedict the 16th, um, Pope Emeritus had, had been asked one time, you know, and, and it's, I think it's apropos. He, he says, you know, I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we, we're going out in faith here, just like we always have. And I have found that um, the people of God care about, um, who will be the priests of the next generation. They also care about who will be helping to form um, their grandchildren, their sons and daughters in the faith, both in Catholic schools and Newman centers on campuses uh, of state schools. And um, again, it is we an endeavor that we trust in God's providence. We uh, are fortunate here at Bishop White that as, Bishop, as Father Barnett has said that we're able to serve the amount of dioceses. They, right. they appreciate the program, the fact that um, the, the men are well known, that uh, their evaluations reflect that, and it's a very healthy community, and we're very blessed uh, to have a seminary. Not every diocese, in fact, the Archdiocese of Seattle at one time had both a theologate and a college seminary, I believe even a high school seminary, and now, of course, the college seminary is in the eastern part in our diocese, and then they use a, a variety of theologates. Now you've been in the um, in your sixth year as rector, and uh, what have you discovered, Father Barnett? As far as is there a big a big surprise you had, or has it been pretty much uh, just a different reflection? Now suddenly you are the rector as opposed to being a <laughs> seminarian, or is there something different? That's probably the biggest surprise. Is that um, you know I keep thinking, what? Um, why am I the? How did I get to be the rector? Mm -hmm. That's a that's a major surprise, but. You know, I can't, I, every day I, I see God's grace. I, I've just been meeting with each of the men this last week. So there's 23 one-hour meetings, you know, and, and just sitting down and listening to them and talking to them and, and asking them. And I know them pretty well, but then there's even depths that I don't know. And God is doing great things in there. Mm -hmm. And so it, just to see that, it might sound a little campy, but it's true that God's grace is really working in these young men. They're good, solid, holy young men, and they're striving for holiness and to know what God's will is and to do it. And um, they want to they want to serve. The, the COVID has really been a, a, a that that has weighed on on them um, more than I have 
known. And, and the desire to serve has been really hobbled, if you will, because they've been kind of like cooped up. And so that's, that, that too has been um, tremendously inspiring to me to see how much they have. They've been very good, but... Um, for, for a listening audience, um, when a man is at Bishop White, again, as I said, there is the, the, the four dimensions that we spoke about. So they're, obviously they're students, and they have to take that very seriously. And the university, especially in the philosophy department, is very good to us. Um, and then, of course, normally they would be in pastoral uh, right. appointments, uh, helping out in various parishes, primarily on Sunday. And so the people of, of God can, in the parishes will see them. I've known that uh, in talking to Father Barnett and, and the men that it's been difficult because they haven't been able to do that. So there have been several opportunities, both last semester and even this semester, when I, they've been invited to the cathedral, all of them. And if you watch the Mass live stream or been present at the cathedral, it's very impressive to see these young men coming in in the Bishop White, either a uniform, which they wear, or a cassock and surplus, showing that the Lord um, has not abandoned us. Uh, but we must always uh, begin with that, those words of Jesus, beg the harvest master. And beg is a very um, definitive word. It means that we ask the Lord to bless our local church with shepherds. And uh, he has, but we need more. And um, so to be able for our community to see that, that's something that has been different. God willing, when COVID is over, they'll be back serving um, in parishes. The men who finished Bishop White will go to various theologates. Uh, the theologate is the graduate study level of theology. Uh, currently, we're using St. Patrick's Seminary. We have three men, Andy O'Leary, Andrew Kelly, and Nick Castoli there. Um, we have a pastoral year seminary, Nicholas Magarelli at the cathedral. But uh, for those of you who um, are praying for vocations, maybe have sons, uh, grandsons, nephews, friends, maybe you yourself are discerning a vocation, that um, the rectors of the seminary direct the program, but their vocation directors, Father Kyle Ratriste is the vocation director now in the diocese, but Father Barnett is rector of the college program. And then for the men in theology, uh, it is uh, Father Doherty, Mark Doherty at St. Pat's. Over the period of years, we've used different theologates. As Father Barnett said, he, he was uh, assigned to the North American College. We've used uh, Mount Angel, uh, Catholic University Theological College in St. Pat's. Again, we thank Father Barnett for um, being here, for his leadership, you, for being the rector. And I ask for your prayers, uh, asking our Blessed Mother's intercession, St. Bernadette, who would pray the sixth decade for vocations, and of course, St. John Vianney and St. Vincent de Paul, that uh, we will have the men, the, the priests, priests for this next century. And, and Blessed Michael McGivney of the new building. God bless and thank you for listening to our program. Walking in Faith with Bishop David is a production of the Catholic Diocese of Spokane. Walking in Faith is produced and edited by Mitchell Malmquist. It can be heard on Sacred Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcasting apps.